Western Conference Podcast, your boy Big Body Cisco, and I got a special guest, my brother, UFC middleweight fighter, Mr. Brad Tavares. How we doing, B? I'm good, bro. Thank you for having me. Come on. You know, I wish it wasn't when you was in training for a fight because we could drink on some of this Dos Caras Tequila, our official <laughs> sponsor here. You know, shameless plug, shameless plug. But B, how we doing, brother? I'm good, bro. I actually just came from uh, strength and conditioning. Um, went home, got a quick meal, and came right here. Look, I, and, and if you follow Brad on social media, when I watch yours, you make me feel like so lazy. I'm like, I gotta get up and do something. Cause you'll be sitting there do hitting the bag, then you'll be in the the cold bath. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I gotta go do something with my life. <laughs> Bro, that cold that so I just so I've been doing ice baths, cold yeah. plunges for years now. Yeah. Um, big believer in them for recovery. Uh, I think it's one of the greatest recovery tools yeah. at my disposal so i finally actually just teamed up with this uh company called revive uh plunge oh nice and i got one at my house oh so you got it at the crib i got it at the house yeah now. yeah so we got one right at so i live about two minutes away from extreme couture okay and we're right here next door to uh the pi yeah I, i'm only about if depending on the lights i've gotten to the pi from my house in four minutes wow so but typically Around eight minutes. But See, you you a Vegas boy now. Yeah, yeah. So everything is close for me, yeah. right? So it's in the same vicinity. Yeah, so we got an ice bat there at uh, the PI. We got one right there at Couture's. Yeah. But I was like, dude, I want one at my house. So, But in all these years of doing it, this has been the first time that I've been able to like wake up first thing in the morning because that's what they say. Yeah, like, right when you wake up. You ever listen to yeah. Tony Robbins? Yes, yes. Yeah. So he's, Tony Robbins, we got big ass hands, but he yeah. can tell you some shit. Yeah, so, he, <laughs> so he's like a big believer of, of doing it right away and yeah. he does it for not just the physical benefits but the mental yeah. aspect. So I was like, ah, now I have it at the house. I, I got to get on this. Um, so Monday, Monday was the first day yeah. I did it. Uh, jump in, stay in for, they say three minutes, but I like to stay in a little longer. Um, and man, I woke up on Monday, like, even though I rested Sunday, uh, I woke up on Monday, just yeah. still feeling like tired and whatever, jumped in there and ding. it wakes your ass up. Yes, it does. It wakes your ass up. It's yes, like a cold shower, but more cold. It's like free freezing at that point. Yeah. It's 37 yeah. degrees. Wow. So it's really cold, but man, I've been doing it. So today was day three of doing it and. I love it. Yeah. Starting off the day like that is great. Come on, man. I mean, I start off my day like that just because my hot water's off. And I only got <laughs> cold water in the shower. So hey, it I might be a little before. bit different. <laughs> I've been there before. But you being a local boy, let's go back to the beginning, man. Coming from Hawaii, what was the whole process of you even coming into the realm that you're in now? Um, So really, I mean, grew up fighting, you yeah. know, like, uh, and not... Like, I don't know, that's just how it was in Hawaii. What you know, part of like, Hawaii? Uh, I'm from the Big Island, from okay. Hilo, from Hilo yeah. side. Yeah, so same same uh, place as BJ, but uh, we're from, we went to like rival schools, but he's older than me, so we weren't in school at the same time or yeah. anything. Um, but yeah, just growing up in Hilo, like fighting was the cool thing yeah. to do, yeah. you know? Um, and it's funny, some of my best friends, like that's how we like became best friends. We fought, yeah. shook hands after, and then... See, Started that's a lost it. art nowadays. It is. In the streets, it they is. don't fight like that no more. Now they're no. getting guns and all this other bullshit. Guns but and like, back in the day, you could fight and that could turn into your best friend. Yeah, you yeah. would fight and that would and that would end it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now people like hold on to stuff. The I, grudge. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like just times are changing and the social media and all of that. Like, you know, like back then we had the, the big video camera. Yeah. So people would <laughs> record fights and whatever, but it wasn't like today where everybody could pops pull their out phone, phone out. Yeah. Yeah. And is that tough as a fighter? Like, I mean, being out with the family and just having to watch every step because now you're under the microscope of a, somebody's cell phone or uh, somebody just watching what you're doing. Uh, yes and no. I, I would say like, yeah, it is there in the back of my mind, yeah. but also I'm not to that level of like, 
some like NFL star, like where I'm sure yeah. any little thing they do, somebody's just trying to catch them. It's crazy because I was telling a story yesterday. Um, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. I go out with him in the Bay Area, and there's always a camera on him. Yeah. And and if you go out with Marshawn, you'll know he'll like football. He'll knock the camera out of their hands, and I'm like, Marshawn, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Because I mean, for what the status you have. But when you grow up and not ha- not being used to having every somebody's phone in your face, yeah. it does get irritating. I can see it when it does with Marshawn, so I can see it with you guys as well. Yeah, it, it does. It doesn't bother me. Like yeah. I don't get like fully hounded like that. And for the most part, I feel like every fan or whatever I've come across has also always been super respectful. Yeah. Like they'll ask, like, "Hey, is it cool? We got a picture or whatever." Like nobody, I never really came across anybody like that, the disrespectful ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that are I doing never, too much. Yeah, like you know, like and you know what? Again, like uh, maybe I just into that level of uh popularity or whatever but nah, don't downplay it b because you no, up there no, I'm, you up I'm, there but I'm, ha- I'm happy with it you know like yeah. I like like i said everybody that i've come across has been super respectful um that also comes because you'll whoop that ass too <laughs> yeah i mean if you want to come to a ufc fight it's a little bit different than football oh, yeah they might get tackled but you don't want to go to a ufc fighter and be like oh let me be disrespectful because he might put torture you like a pretzel hey you you you'd be surprised though yeah you get a little alcohol well, courage, oh yeah that, that liquid, liquid courage, courage. <laughs> and that, and fucking that will change them you know like they'll forget they'll, yeah. they'll think they're still sitting at their their keyboard <laughs> the typing. keyboard gangsters yeah. right <laughs> keyboard warriors but taking us back to Hawaii, what are the pressures of being a fighter from Hawaii? Because there is a lot of pressure being a Polynesian, Hawaiian fighter. What? How do you take that on? Uh, you know what? Honestly, like I didn't feel pressure of it. Um, yeah. If anything, I felt the the love and the support. Absolutely. Like, you know how it is. Yeah. Like that's the thing I love about Hawaii is like no matter what you're doing, you could be on a cooking show. Like yeah. there's been people from Hawaii on cooking shows, and boom, they're putting yeah. them on the news. You know, like which I love. Yeah. I love that. Like no matter how big or small it is, that you're getting love and support in Hawaii. Is that They're, aloha? Yeah, yeah. They love it. They love anything Hawaii, Hawaiian, anything. Like, oh, you're doing something on the next level. Yeah, we're gonna showcase you. We're gonna broadcast you. Because the support is crazy. Yeah. Like especially, I mean, do you feel that during your fights when you're doing the walkout? Oh, when you're hearing the chihus and all that come by. Hundred percent. That gets the blood going. I, and that's why I love fighting out here in Vegas. Yeah. You know, like this is this is my new hometown. Um, we'll. We'll probably never see a UFC Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, not in my career, anyway. I've been hearing it years and yeah. years ago, but I doubt it'll ever happen. Um, this is the closest you're going to get. Yeah, this is, is Vegas. Yeah, and, but being the ninth island. Ninth island. Yeah. yeah, and you come out, you see all the Hawaiian flags. You yeah. hear the chihus. Uh, I mean, you, you, I love it. I'm not going to lie to you, it. Brad. I, when I, I just moved out here a couple of years ago during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and you know everyone was talking about, oh, it's the Ninth Island. I didn't really know what they were talking about. Yeah. I went to the local supermarket. Everybody's in flip flops, ears. Yeah. I'm like, wait, am I back in Hawaii right yeah. now? Because you see that big demographic that just came over here, and all the transplant coming from Hawaii, where it is literally the Ninth Island. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And so, okay, funny little story is uh, this past weekend, I yeah. was just my daughter just competed in jujitsu, her yeah. first jujitsu tournament. I pulled up there and I was like, dude. I feel like I'm back in Hawaii. Come on. Like all the families and not just from the same school, yeah. every different school, different Hawaiian families. Yeah. And you can tell because, you know, they're just in body language. I can tell how they dress. I can yeah. tell how they walk. Like just, I don't know. I can look at somebody from Hawaii and the way they look back. I'm exactly. Like, and you oh, see that. Man. Exactly. You, you yep. throw up the shaka one time and I noticed that doing shows here. You know, we went to the Comic King show yep. that we had at Azillo and, you know, we're doing Holo Holo Festival coming up. It's just the demographic out here is just like a second home. And me doing shows in Hawaii and in here, you you hear more louder cheers here from the Hawaiian people than you do in Hawaii. Oh, 100%. Because out here you have, you know, the Comic Kings, Boogie and all them come out here. But the love out here is crazy. Like, yeah. How was that transition or was it an easy transition from Hawaii to move? to vegas 
Uh, I think because of that, it was an easy transition. Yeah. Um, obviously, in the beginning, yeah, I, I missed my family. I missed Hawaii itself, yeah. um, the ocean, because I love the ocean. I love that's one thing, the ocean. Diving, spearfishing. Lake Mead's cool, but it ain't the ocean. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was it was actually kind of easy because right away I met a well. Right away, I started working at Hawaiian Airlines, and everybody yeah. that was working there all locals you yeah. know all from hawaii so immediately i was immersed with um right into the ninth island culture yeah. i guess you could say they took me to the food spots they took me to the pure law festival yeah come on all of that stuff <laughs> so it, it, it was pretty easy um it and even now more and more and more people are coming here yeah from from hawaii you know and it's I feel like it's getting easier. Look, we're about to have a Zippies here. Yeah, come on. Yeah. I, I'm waiting for that Zippies to open because I hope they're 24 hours like the ones in Hawaii. They better be. Yeah, because <laughs> if they close at 9, you can just close it down. Yeah, yeah. But taking this back to when you talk about working for Hawaiian Airlines, that transition, I always like to talk about people's humble beginnings. When you moved out here, you knew you were already going to be in the fight game, yeah? Yeah, so, so okay, so this was the plan. So I was on Oahu. I'd moved to Oahu. So from Big Island, I went out to San Diego. I lived there yeah. for a semester of school. I played at a little juco called uh, Palomar Junior Yeah, College. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. So I played out there. Typical local boy, small boy, uh, small island mentality. I was over it as yeah. soon as I got there. I was like, no, <laughs> this is not home. Far away from yeah. home. Missed everybody. Missed everything. Uh, so one semester, I went right back to Hawaii. Yeah. Which, whatever, you know, I wasn't, at the time, I was, because I'm uh, born late in the year, in December, mm -hmm. I was only 17, couldn't do anything. Yeah. Everything was harder to get there for me because of I was 17. Um, so I went right back to Hawaii, and then I ended up, a few months back being in uh, on the Big Island, yeah. I ended up moving to Oahu. Um, and when I was on Oahu, that's when I kind of started, like, training to fight. Uh, and I met uh, my brothers from MMAD, Team yeah. MMAD, and, and my coach, uh, Brandon Wolf. And he right away, like he had this plan for us, the the younger generation of fighters. Yeah. Uh, he was like, "Hey, look, this is what we're gonna do. Two years time, we're gonna fight all the regional shows that mm -hmm. we can. We're gonna dominate Hawaii, capture every belt, and beat everybody that we can. And in two years, we're gonna move to Vegas because at that time, Extreme Couture was like, Vegas was still. I mean, it still is the yeah. mecca of fighting. Yeah. Um, but Extreme Couture was one of those huge gyms. Like back then, in, this was like 2008 or so. Yeah. Um, there wasn't it, the the UFC and MMA wasn't where it is today. Yeah. Where you can kind of go anywhere and find a good gym with, and a lot of times you'll go even to a small gym and you'll find that's the home of some yeah. UFC fighter. Yep. You know the sport has just blown up. But back then, there was only a few gyms, and Extreme Couture was one of them. And he had a friend here, Mac Danzig, that was training here, and it was like, yeah, I'll be like the bridgeway for you guys. So he made this plan. Two years, we'll do that, and it was crazy, almost like two years exactly uh a job opening in hawaiian airlines wow. came up and i was like oh, i'm gonna put in for it so look I how god in. works right yeah, exactly <laughs> so i put in for the job yeah uh the, the the posting closed and they're like oh you got awarded the job i was like okay cool nice so when do i have to move they're yeah. like in two weeks uh, oh wait so it kind of sped up the process oh, big time he <laughs> wasn't time. ready for that two no. weeks oh already in two weeks yeah so that that was kind of like a like that, that was pressure right yeah. there. Like, okay, finding a place to live, all that. Anyway. And you're it, still so young at that time, yeah, too. It, it all worked out. I came up here. I was working for Hawaiian Airlines. And then uh, prior to, I had tried out for the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, that's right. And I was supposed to get in, but it was season 10. And 
they ended up they were gonna do heavyweights and middleweights, but because Kimball Slice was on the the card and they were gonna uh, use I his see. name to build the show, yeah. they couldn't take the chance that he was gonna lose in the initial fight and not get in the house. Oh, so they, they had were, to move it around. Yeah, so yeah. they made it all heavyweights, and then they they did the because at this point they, they were making everybody fight to get into the yeah. house. They did away with that. They're just like, okay, we're starting off with these whatever sixteen guys, yeah. these sixteen heavyweights. Um, so they called me and they're like, hey, we're gonna have you on the season, this and that, blah blah blah. And then they called me back and they're like, oh, sorry, we're not gonna use you. And they couldn't tell me why. So I was a little bit crushed. Yeah. So you're like, like, man, because that was, that was gonna be the shot. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, man, they didn't pick me. Yeah. But uh, it messes with the mental. Yeah. yeah. When after one of my friends was on the show, Scott Junk, and when he came out, he like, you know, he was like, oh, this is why. And I was like, okay. And then I was on the very next season, season, yeah, season 11. 11. Yeah. But I was living up here already. So once I got into there, I was still working at Hawaiian and I yeah. made it work. I was like, okay, I'm going to be gone. I think it was like six weeks for filming. Oh, so, so Hawaiian Air let you go do this? Well, yes and no. Yeah. They, they worked with me. Um, they let me take vacation. They let me use sick days and trades. Yeah. So I was able to cover that six weeks that I was gone. Hustling. Yeah, hustling. Yeah. And then when I came out, I was still working for Hawaiian. And then I realized, I was like, you know what? I got to focus everything on yeah. fighting. This is my shot. Um, so I quit. And then, yeah, been fighting. That had to be hard because you don't want to give them benefits, especially uh, fly to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> no, that just uh, like I could care less about the job. But yeah, it, the, the benefits. Yeah. The, the flight benefits. Because that's also, I think, what made it so easy when I transitioned up here. Yeah. Is like if I was feeling. Oh, homesick, absolutely. I jumped Your on a plane. Is, yeah, yep. Come on. People are like, oh, you're crazy. You're going you're gonna to go to Hawaii. You're going to sit on a plane for 12 hours, you know, front, like round trip. Why not? To you spend can, a few hours But there. I can do it. You know I what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Why not? When you have that accessibility to being able to fly home, you're going to do it. I mean, I get homesick. I live in the Bay Area. Yeah. And I'll just hop on an hour flight. But, you know, it's a little with, with Hawaii. But if you can do it, why not? Yeah, exactly. Being, going back to the Ultimate Fighter 11, how was the experience with Chuck Liddell? Oh, I, I loved it. I loved it. You yeah. know, and I think for where I was in life, it worked out perfectly for me yeah. because I was the youngest guy in there. I was 21. I think I had actually just turned 22, um, literally like a week or two weeks before we started. Man, filming. bro, that's the, that's the years that, yeah. that's the party years right there. Yeah, so I was I was the young buck in there. Yeah. And I remember thinking like there was guys in there that was like 32, 33, yeah. um, way older than me. And it was funny to me because a lot of them, they couldn't handle it. They're like, you could see it. They're going stir crazy. Yeah. They They're like, I can't do it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> like, granted, yeah, I kind of talk to my friends and family, yeah. but I'm like, dude, this is the first time in my life, besides when I was a kid, that I'm living responsibility free. Yeah. Literally. Like, yeah. I wash my own clothes. I clean my own dishes. Th that's about it. But any food I needed, I wrote it on a piece of paper. Yeah. Boom. Next morning, it was there it on was the there. counter. <laughs> I just had to cook for myself. Yeah. Then I was like, so we would train twice a day. One day I was like, oh, I'm gonna push it. Like I feel like sleeping in. So I was like, I'm not gonna set an alarm. I'm gonna just sleep. Whatever. I'm gonna yeah. skip training. Nope. The producers came in there like, hey, Brad, <laughs> yeah. come on, you hey, gotta hey, go. Hey. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't even have to set an alarm. Exactly. I don't want them. I was the producers like, aren't the alarm at that point. I was, yeah. I was like, I got no worries, yeah. no responsibilities. Um, I love this. Yeah. Like this is the greatest thing ever. Now fast forward to all these years. Had had I have to do that now. It would kill me to be away from my kids. Now you're in the family. shoes of the fighters that were there when you were younger. Exactly. Now you're in their position. Yep. Yeah. Now I now I get it. Like, you know, they miss their kids. They yeah. kind of like not being able to see or talk to my kids for six weeks, I'll be like, nah. Yeah, that's sorry. crazy. I'm not sacrifice. Doing it. It's a sacrifice those fighters at that time exactly. had to take. And yeah. now I see like the sacrifice they made, you know, and I respect yeah. it way more. I understand it now because 
now I get why. Like, I'm looking at them laughing. Like, dude, you guys are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> this is the easiest six weeks ever. Come on. But and you're a 22 year old kid. Yeah. Like, how? I mean, like, we're talking about responsibility free. At that point in time, that's your passion. Yeah. Because now you kind of have like the leeway into what you want to do. Like, what was the thing for you to say? I want to be a fighter, not just a UFC fighter. I want to be an MMA fighter. What clicked in you to get that? So, funnily enough, I fell into it. Yeah. So my growing up, me and he's literally like my brother, my best friend Devin. We uh from eighth, ninth grade. Yeah. We went home every day from school. And we had these TKO boxing gloves, these black and white gloves, and we used to just put them on and just spar every day. Every, just you and Devin? Just me and him. Just me and him. Had the gloves on, yep. too. <laughs> and, and, you know, like that kind of piqued my interest in it and watching it growing up and going to the Rumble on the Rock yeah. uh, in Hilo and seeing all these guys, BJ and Ross and all these older guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the, the love for it was there. But when I started actually doing it, I had just, like I said, I came back from yeah. Juco. I was huge. I was 240 pounds. I was like, dude, I need to do something. Like, I'm not one of those guys yeah. at that time that was like, ah, I'm going to wake up, go run and lift weights. Like, what you play at Palomar? Uh, linebacker. Come on. Yeah. So, so you're talking about the transition from linebacker to being a fighter. It's like, okay, you got to make some changes. Uh, yeah, a little yeah. bit. But I, I feel like football players transition over Easily, to fighting right? so yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was like, I needed to do something to lose weight. That was really what it was. I was like, look good in a, sh like, I look kind of thick in a shirt, <laughs> but when we're going to the beach, I'm sucking it yeah. in. You know what I mean? So I was like, I got to do something. Yeah. Um, so I met this guy, uh, I was actually this kid I was working with, Ikaika, and he's like, bro, I'm training at this guy's house. It's it's free. Just come by. I was like, okay. Oh, we love that word free. Yeah. Yeah. That's my Free training? Word. I'm there. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, cool, let's go. So I went over to this guy's house, Steve Farmer. And uh, wow. he's, he's actually a black belt Taekwondo. Yeah. Um, and he was like just getting into MMA too himself. Like he started like loving it. You know, yeah. he come from Taekwondo background. So he turned his garage into like a home gym. Like a like he, he actually had a dojo. It was like yeah. a Taekwondo dojo. But then he started transitioning it to towards MMA. MMA, yeah. And what it was wow. is like he was just be like, hey, whoever wants to come, like we're going to train and do shit and learn shit together and you know build together whoever's willing to come over here and, exactly and, and slang so them, yeah i started doing it just to get a workout in to lose weight um and then one month in he's like you want to fight i was like yeah let's do it <laughs> so i did this thing called got skills where it's like an introduction into mma the yeah. first round how old were you then uh i was 18 man yeah no yeah 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 i was 18 yep 18 years old yeah. um and so I was like, okay, let's do it. So I had, it was, uh, the first round was only a minute and it was kickboxing with headgear, 16 ounce gloves and shin pads. Man. And then after- Wait, were you versed in the kickboxing? You would just say, I'm just gonna go fight. Yeah, it's like, I'm just gonna go yeah. fight. <laughs> like whoever it is, I'm gonna fight. The second kickboxing round- Kickboxing or not? Yeah, the second round, they took the shin pads off and it was boxing with takedowns. So you could box, but you could also- So every round takedowns. was something different? Yes. Come on. Yeah. Man. And then in the third round, you take off all the gear and it's just grappling from the feet. So, wow so like you just start on the feet and mind you like i come from no yeah no, no background. background yeah i don't know how to wrestle yeah. i don't know like how to box outside of sparring with my brother uh kickbox none of that i came from none of that i came from fighting on a so street. you were learning as you were going along oh 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. um anyway i won that first fight and he's like you want to fight MMA? I was like, yeah. Yeah. So like a couple of months, I, I just had to lose the weight. So for that first fight, I had lost all this weight, 40 pounds or whatever. Yeah. That fight was at 200 pounds, like catch weight or whatever. 
And then I was like, okay, if I fight MMA, I'm going to be a, a middleweight. You know, yeah. like I still got some fat to lose. So I cut down to 185, um, took my first fight, and I won by like a first round knockout. And I was like, dude, this is like the best feeling ever. <laughs> like, oh, now it's in you. Oh, now yeah. it's in you. Now you're like, okay, yes. now I got that fire in me. Now, now I won this first fight, so yeah. we're ready to go. So I started, I moved from uh, Steve Farmer's place. Um, that was when I met uh, Colo Coca, yeah. Brandon, yeah. and all those guys. Started training at Team MMA D, uh, an actual like MMA gym with structure. And yeah, where they're actually with, doing the yeah, MMA yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah, with veteran fighters and yeah. stuff, and and you know the rest is history. Like I just fell into it. I I've, I fell in love with it, and and at first, honestly, I didn't think like, oh, this is gonna be my job. Yeah. But at the time, I was working full time. I was still going to school full time, um, and training. And I remember saying to myself like, okay, like I don't have a lot of time to do all of this. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I got to work. It's Hawaii. You got to make money. You got to yeah. work. It's expensive. <laughs> I was like, all right, what am I going to do? Am yeah. I going to go to school and be like, I didn't gotta even know. got to pick one at that. Yeah, that that's yep. the fork in the road. Yeah. Right? yeah. Or I was like, or, or am I going to fight? And then this is how I like me. This is what helped me make my decision. I was like, all right, well, if I, if I pick school now, you know, like, my athletic ability will over time over diminish. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I'm only going to be young once. Yeah. I was like, ah, if I pick fighting, I could always go back to school. Yeah. I might be rusty, <laughs> but my brain will always be there, hopefully. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. I quit school. Yeah. I'm a fight. And then, uh, yeah, shit just all worked out for me. And I look back at it. I was like, oh, I made the right decision. Because um, I, I I was going to school, but I yeah. had no clue what I wanted to do. I mean, it's not like we're deterring you kids from going to school. We're just saying that if you have this opportunity, which you had, yep. and you're at that fork in the road, there's got to be some decisions that need to be made. There's the pros and the cons yep. that you weigh it out. And something that you were in the position you were in and take it, come on, man. You're, now you got to take us to the journey, how you went from that to even getting involved with the UFC through Ultimate Fighter after that. Yeah, so I, again, like I said, when I was living in Hawaii, yeah. the Ultimate Fighter show was around. It started popping. Uh, Kendall Grove was on there, you know, yeah. another local boy. Uh, my The season right before, my friend Scott Junk was on there. So it was something that, you know, we were familiar with. And uh, like I said, I tried out for season 10. I was supposed yeah. to get on, but they did away at middleweights. So they called me back for season 11. They're like, hey, uh, we're doing season 11. It will be middleweights. Um, they're like, we already, you know, we already seen your trial. Yeah. We already seen your interview. So you don't need to do this. But if you can make it, we're having a tryout again uh, in California. Um, I forget where exactly it was. It was somewhere in California. It was in Cali, yeah. Yeah, in L.A. somewhere. It wasn't far. And they're like, if you can make it, it would be good. Because I think Dana and, and Joe Silva at the time were going to yeah. be there in person. And I was like, ah, all right, I live in Vegas now, I'll just drive. Yeah, yeah. So we went, we did the tryout. They're like, okay, cool, everything was good. And they called me up, they're like, okay, we're gonna use you. So I did the Ultimate Fighter. Um, and then you got a fight to, I made it to uh, the semifinals, ended up losing that bout to my friend Court, who ended up going on to win yeah. the show. Um, but then you got a fight in the finale. So I fought in the finale, I won that fight, and that's how you secure your contract. Yeah. And I've been in the UFC ever since, man. So since 2010. Come on, Come on Brad. 2023 now. Come 13 on, years. See, but after Ultimate Fighter, you the dude. You know, like once people start seeing the show, you're the dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, that's the dude from the, from the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Like now you're transitioning into your pro professional career. Mm -hmm. You're signing with the UFC. 
I mean, now you're just trying to get who you're going to fight. Like, I was going over your roster. You, you fought the top of the top. Yep. I mean, we already talked about you fought the Adesanya's, the Whitakers, and yep. the Romero's. But, like, you kind of made a name for yourself as a middleweight. How do you kind of, like, say, I could be a heavyweight if I just want to be heavier? You know what I mean? When they did the heavyweight thing with, with Kimbo, yep. did you have a decision to say, I could be a heavyweight too? Nah, I, <laughs> I, I knew. Like, yeah. I've always been, like, well aware of, like, okay, size-wise. Like, even, like... So it's funny, like people will look at me and my upper body is not all that big, but if yeah. you see my legs. Big ass legs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Typical poly build, right? Yeah. And uh, got them tree trunks. They're exactly and yeah. they're like, oh, you're like, why don't you go down to 170? I'm like, dude, I already cut 16, 17 pounds 24 hours out. That's to make, crazy. To make 185. Yeah. I could not think of having to cut an additional 15 pounds. Like that would kill me. Life would not be enjoyable. I don't yeah. think I could do it, you know. And now it's funny because all the, the middleweights are getting so big now. Like, yeah. they're getting tall. Like, look at Israel. He's like yeah. 6'4", Pereira. Like, Come on. all these tall guys. Big but, old tree, tree, trees just towering over I, everybody. Yeah, but I've always been comfortable right here at middleweight. Yeah. Like, I've never felt like, yeah, like, yeah, guys are taller and longer, yeah. but it is you'll come across those guys in any weight division. That's that Hawaiian mentality, though. Yeah. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Yeah, like, <laughs> what I would do is if they're, like, if they change it to, like, oh, day of weigh-ins. Yeah. So, basically, all the middleweights. We'll just move up to 205 yeah, right. so we don't have to cut any yeah. weight. Oh, I'd love to do yeah. that. Don't have to cut weight? Fucking sign me <laughs> up. But you being in the UFC and you kind of like, now now you're the veteran guy in here now. How has your journey been since your first fight up until now that you fighting, you got a fight coming up against Bruno? How has that whole transition for you been, not just for you personally as a fighter, but you as your personal status as being a Hawaiian fighter and being in Vegas. Like, how does that stature for you sit with you? So the funny thing is, like, in the in the fight game itself, like, I don't know, I feel like it's not really changed. Like, it feels like more more people, I guess, know me now. I'm one of the more veteran guys. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that has changed. But I feel it more, like, on the mats. Like, I rem like bro, I'm literally the most veteran guy at our gym yeah. now. You know, and I rem like, it feels like yesterday when I first got there yeah. and I was this young 21, 22-year-old kid, just fresh, just getting into the UFC, actually not even in the UFC yet. Yeah. Um, and then now, fast you forward, yeah, fast forward, like, I'm that guy now that I yeah. was looking up to these guys, the, the Jay Herons, the Martin Catmans, yeah. you know, these guys that I always looked up to. I I'm them now, like, I'm yeah. the veteran guy, and now I we see these kids coming in um and they're asking me like you know my advice picking my brain like yeah. what they should do so that that's pretty cool um and then as far as ho the hawaii thing like i've been like the like i had i didn't really think about it at first but when i look back at it and then like other uh hawaii fighters will mention it yeah. in their interviews like i've been really the gateway for the hawaii fighters yeah, absolutely up here. like most most of all the hawaiians that do come up here end up training at extreme couture yeah and it's because like i feel like you know like I came up, me, and then sh right after me was the Hanson brothers. Yeah, your influence you know? too, as well. Um, and then we just started having a wave of guys. Um, Dan Ige came up. Yeah. Punahele, um, Puni, like all of these young guys. Now we got Kai Boy up yeah. here. All these guys, you know, Rodney, and it goes on. Ty. It's, like, it's almost like a brotherhood. Oh, it is. You, it you, is. Everyone's clicks up with their clicks, but when the Hawaii boys get to bed, they're going to support you yeah. till, till, end, till the end. Yeah, so yeah. it was funny because when, when I first got here, uh, the Hawaiians, we were a minority, and now we're like the majority. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. The tables have turned. But now I feel like Vegas is the UFC Hawaii. Oh, 100%. And I feel like when they do have it at the T-Mobile, if they have the Apex, you have that Hawaiian presence there yep. where it's just like, the Ninth Island, we're here. Yep. 
and, and it's 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 Vegas locals from Hawaii. That, yeah, and it's also the Hawaiians that still are coming up here. Yeah, you know they, you know the Hawaiians love to come to Vegas. Come on, they love Vegas. They love gambling and they love eating good. Oh yeah, and that's two things they got over here yep. in abundance. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of eating good, like moving out here. When I moved out here, I gained fifty pounds because of all the foods out here. What are some of your favorites? Because I know you're on your training mode right now. But when you are just kind of eating with the family, oh, what are some of your favorites? My out here? training mode, not training mode. The diet is kind of the same. <laughs> uh, my go-to is all-you-can-eat sushi. Yes. And all-you-can-eat Korean barbecue. Come on. In Who's fact, your favorite? Because I have two favorites out here. My favorite all-you-can-eat sushi is Sin City Sushi. Okay. Uh, and then my favorite all-you-can-eat Korean is Koji. Koji. Oh, um, you know what? I've heard of Koji. I've been hearing, so I'm going to have to try them. Which I've not tried yours? them yet. Um, I go right over to Master Kim's at Town I heard Square. about Master Kim's. I got to try them. They're good. That's they're not the good. first time I heard that, too. Yeah. Master Kim's no, is they're good. good. And you know what I love about that location specifically is they have the vent in the grill. Oh, so, so it doesn't go up to yeah, smoke. Yeah, so you don't get all oh, smoky. Okay, we need that. Yeah. Because I'll be coming out smelling like a Korean, yeah. like a Calbee. Yeah. And I get all the big girls like, hey, daddy, they just smell the Calbee yeah, off yeah, me. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's just the barbecue you're smelling right now. Yeah, and then uh, one of my favorite new spots to go eat all you can eat sushi is this spot called it's sushi it's yeah it's it's right up the road they opened yeah. one up on on the southwest side so warm springs and durango see come on vegas people you got to know like we're talking about everyone's talking about the good eats in vegas yeah and, and I'm, i always try to find it when i talk to a fighter like how do you steer away i mean of course you know you got to train yeah but there's so much good food out here yeah there is like, and especially hawaiians they got all their you know the hawaiian food out here yep. is in abundance as well and then you know, there's like a good red rice spam musubi that they have over there. Yep. Where how do you kind of just say I, I got to stay away for this training method, or it's like I can eat a little bit and still go work it off. So luckily for me, I think because of my like I always say like after my fighting career, I'm gonna yeah. be a sumo wrestler. <laughs> and we had Konishki in here the other day too. So, nice. so there you go. <laughs> so well, another Hawaii boy. It, it's just because my appetite is so ferocious. Yeah. Like and. It's funny because because of my appetite, yeah, that's why I think is one of the reasons why I work out so hard. You know Come what I mean? On. So I can afford to eat yeah. like that. You know, like I work hard this morning. Yeah. Now I can go eat sushi later. I you enjoy gotta, it. I tell people when I go to the gym, I work out just to eat. Oh, 100%. Same. <laughs> Shout Same. out DJ Franzi because we go to the gym and we're like, oh, we're going to eat because we're going to have a good meal later exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah, man. That's exactly why I, like, I love working on hard thinking like, okay, I'm going to eat some <laughs> Korean barbecue later. I'm going to eat some sushi later. The sushi be off the hook out here. I don't know how the sushi so good out here and they're in, we're in a desert. Yeah, we're in a desert. When I moved out here, I said, there's no way there's good yep. sushi out here. But they got some of the best sushi out here yep. where they got good poke out here. They got some yep. good stuff out here where, God damn. We yeah. do, they say, oh, we get shipped in from Hawaii or yeah. wherever they get it fresh from. Like, fresh Fresh. Yep. I'm like, come on. So next fight you got coming up, April 22nd yep. against Bruno Silva. Mm -hmm. What's the mentality going to this one now being a vet? You know what I mean? Now you kind of, is it a different mentality from when you had past fights to, to the fight now? Now your whole focus is on Bruno Silva on this fight night. Um, You know, what I do is like, I'll go fight to fight, like, uh, and, and learning from it. So I, I always say you win some, you learn some, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you, it, it'll never be a loss if you can learn from it. And again, my last fight, I dropped a decision, but I learned a lot in that fight. You know, like, yeah. I learned a lot in that fight and that's things that I'm going to take into this fight and things that it's funny like like i love winning trust me like yeah. that's i rather win always but i always feel like when i come off of a loss 
there's a just a different fire there you yeah. know like there's it makes me hungrier to learn to grow to yeah. evolve learn from whatever you thought you, you did know? wrong at that time yeah. and and that's and that's i think that's the most important thing because all these years that i've seen people do it, it it's when and you kind of see it in them it's when in their head they're done learning yeah. i can't learn anymore and that's when they start falling off yeah you gotta you gotta always gotta be a student of the game yeah. right you gotta yeah. know and realize and if whenever i hit that point because i'm getting towards you know the end of my career yeah. I, when i first started i always said oh 35 i'm done yeah. and i'm here at 35 and i'm like hell no i yeah. feel great fire still there yeah. yeah exactly but that's it once that fire is not burning yeah. in me that's when i'm gonna hang it up like yeah like once i'm not hungry anymore not hungry to compete not hungry to to fight to learn to grow that's that's when i know like that for me it's like okay then i'm done yeah and but, we always talk about that too like is a, a, a fighter's you know creed to go out with the win because we just seen henderson the, the other day he fought and he he gave it up after a loss mm -hmm. and it's tougher on you guys to say okay it's easy to have that emotion right after a loss or a win to kind of just say something, you know, real, oh, this is it for me. But then later on, get that fight like, nah, I'm not done. So, like, oh, is yeah. it harder for you now to kind of say, if I do lose a fight or if I do win a fight, I want to go out on top or I, wanna, I don't want to go out like this? Oh, no matter what, yeah. you want to go out on top. You want to go out on a win, you know. But you see it all the time. Like, uh, another guy that just was training with us yeah. um, had a long career, Rafael, Rafael Asanso. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, great fight, yeah. you know, doing good, winning the fight. And then right at the end, just things took a turn. Man. But, you know, he, he knows it, like, in his heart that, you know, he's done for right now anyway. Yeah. You know, because, hey, take a year off, that fire still there, things could change. You yeah. might want to come back. You see it all the time. You see guys retiring and then. Like Tom I, Brady. Tom Brady retired how many times? He's yeah. still always coming back. Yeah. I, you know, I, because I think the for a competitor, that that competitive edge is always there. Man, come there, on. It's that, it's that itch you want yeah. to scratch. But uh, funny enough, one of my friends, Josh, that trains with us, so he he was on Ultimate Fighter, yeah. found a UFC a little bit, and in other organizations, he ended up retiring a few years ago, and then he got that itch again, and he wanted to come back. He's like, oh, okay, I'm gonna come back. So he yeah. did a fight. He, he's a big boy, so he did a fight at heavyweight. So he used to fight in the UFC at 185, but he's really tall. Yeah, he's like six four, or so six five. Oh, big dog. Yeah, he's big. Yeah. So if he puts that weight on, he 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 can be an actual yeah. heavyweight. You know, at least a 205er. Um, but he came back, fought on a regional show, heavyweight for a belt um he he won the belt yeah. so right after the fight i asked him i was like so what you you back bro he's like no he's like that was actually perfect for me because yeah. going that's all he the, needed right going through that camp it, it was it was that's the um the reassurance that i needed yeah. that yeah i was over it and, we, and that goes back to we're talking about um shack like shack was talking about he dj's only because he wants that feeling back. Yeah. You know, having the crowd scream yeah, his yeah. name and everything. And now he's, I'm like, wait, Shaq's a DJ? But he's like, he only does it because the feeling that he gets from the people, yeah. the crowd reaction, yeah. the brand one that just kind of focused on him. And that's the kind of thing in, in anything that we do. Yeah. Competitive fighting, you know, playing basketball, football. A lot of people that I see is like, man, could you ever play football? You're like, man, I want to, you know, I got a lot of family that played in the NFL. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I want to play like one last time. Like, oh, but then they see these kids that are in there now. Like, yeah, never mind. It was cool. Yeah. It, it sounded good at first. <laughs> uh, let's go back and do like the, um, like how they have class reunion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's get all the old guys. Let's put them in pads. Put them in pads and see what they, the old Al Bundy's out there. Yeah. Like, how many three touchdowns you have in one game yeah but nah this 21 year old coming up yeah. running a uh, 4 4 40 yeah you yeah. cool you stay on the side <laughs> and how do you how do you view the younger fighters that are coming up now of being in the position you're at 
Do you see a lot of good fighters stepping up in the ranks? Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. I see a lot of good fighters. Um, the game and the sport is evolving, and you yeah. see it with these younger guys. Yeah. You know, the game is changing, and, and it's crazy to see. Like, like you got somebody like that kid. Uh, he'd been in our gym a few times. Um, uh, I don't know his first name. Rosas is yeah. his last Raul. name. Raul. 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 Okay. Raul. Yep. Thank Raul you, Austin. Rosas. Uh, thank you, Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a friend of the studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so yeah. like that kid is 18 yeah. you know, or maybe he just turned 19. But, yeah, to be in the UFC, like, that is crazy to me yeah. because I remember when I was 18, 19, I wasn't at man strength yet. I'm li I'm listening to you what you talk about at when you were at 18, and I'm thinking I was nowhere near that when I was 18. I was partying, clubbing, yeah. doing everything we wasn't supposed to do. I mean, now these kids now is more focused on what their passion is going to be at yeah. that time. I'm just like, I, I would never find my passion at 18, but like the kid Raul, he's finding yeah. what his fire is yeah. at an early age, which is fortunate for him. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's great for him. And to be like, it, it impresses me, honestly. Yeah. Like, does he have a lot to, long way to go and learn and grow, like physically, yeah. both physically yeah. and talent-wise? Yeah, he does. But the fact that he can go out there and compete with, grown men like yeah 18 you might be legally yeah. a man right <laughs> but you're not a man yet but he ain't got that old no. that old man strength no, yet you're yeah not, he he's not a man yet so for him to be able to go out on the biggest stage compete and be successful yeah like man hats off to him like that is impressive yeah you know that that is impressive to me we're talking about your daughter's jujitsu yep i mean what do you want, want her to be in competitive fighting or is that just something to kill time right now hell no <laughs> i want her to, i was about to say i always it's funny so my girl when we first had her yeah she she was like oh what if she wants to fight and i was like Hell no. That's always the question, right? Hell no. Even if I had a son, like, I'm like, nah. Yeah. Like, I lived this life. I seen it. Yeah, I did it so you didn't have yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, so I always put in her, like, you're going to be a doctor. Yeah. You're going <laughs> to feed it to her now, one, right? One yeah. day, daddy's going to be all old, crippled, and fucked up. You got to take care of me. So you're going to be a doctor. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, definitely, I, I, I'm, I'm all, I will always support her in whatever yeah. it is that she's passionate about. Um, but, I do, as a woman, uh, as a girl, a female, I yeah. do want her to be able to protect herself. Come on. You know what I mean? Like You're living in a crazy world right now. Yeah. Of course you want them to yeah. know how to do what they hell do. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I feel like even even when I get older, I'll, I'll be able to protect her to some extent yeah. you know, for the years. Like, I think even at 60, I'll still be able to scrap. <laughs> but maybe, Come on. At that point, you have that old Hawaiian man strength. And yep. that strength is like no other. I'll tell you guys that right now. Old Polynesian strength... When they get to 60, that's when their hands start to be like clubs. Yeah. And I've been hit with a few of them, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, like, I've always said, like, you know, people ask me all the time, like, because I got into so many, like, yeah. fights growing up and stuff, and I'm like, dude, I don't ever, I've never false, you know, false crack, yeah. like, sucker punch somebody. I've never done that. I don't, like, when I think back, I'm like, ah, I don't think I've ever even, like, thrown a first punch. I've always, like, yeah. told them, like, at least like try to hit me or at least swing at me first yeah. and i know now it's then on. i know oh you really do want to yeah. fight you know what i mean <laughs> now i know it's but real when i get old and there's some young punk trying yeah. to mess with my daughter i walk up behind him and smoke his ass <laughs> i know i'm old see we gonna get it popping in here but let's go back to what we were talking about ufc career man you you've fought top of the top how do you kind of see where this – you see transition from when you were younger, yep. or ultimate fighter, now they're going into what, what we're talking about with the kid, 18 years old. Yep. You've seen the whole transition. Are you kind of adapting to what's going on now with as far as like the promotion side of it? You know, I see a lot of the promotion. It's not like WWE. I won't say that. But I was saying that we're living yeah, in a social media world. Is. Yeah, yeah, you, it is, right? 
We're living in a social media world where you kind of have to have that mantra. You didn't have to have it as much back yep. in the day, but now I feel in this social yep. media show-off world we're yep. in, you kind of got to have that. What's your thoughts on that? 100%. So, fuck, it's so hard for me. So, my brother Devin, yeah. he's always telling me, he's like, bro, you got to like... So, the funny thing is a lot of people don't know, only the ones in my circle, I'm a fucking huge shit talker. Yeah. I'm always <laughs> talking shit to people. Like, even if you came into my gym, yeah. people that just walked through the door, I'm giving them a hard time. Like, that's yeah. just how I am. Like, I love yeah. fucking with people but i do it all in fun and like never to pick on or bully anybody yeah. you know what i mean like i just do it's it just in it's your fun. nature yeah yeah Shit talk. and he's like bro you're naturally like that so why don't you ever like, yeah get why don't you and i'm like bro i don't know like i just the way i came up and maybe yeah. i don't know i just always seen like this is a warrior the, the warrior is respectful you know he's respect courage discipline honor yeah. you know and i don't know it's like it's hard for me like if somebody provoked me, I guess I could kind of might like be like "fuck you" or whatever, yeah. or be you know whatever. But I don't know. I a lot of it like Kobe Covington, for example. Like, <laughs> oh, here we go. No, don't get me wrong. Yeah. That guy, you watch him. Like if you can get past his irritating like shenanigans, yeah. if you really watch him, he's just fucking a great fighter. Yeah, he has like decent striking, great wrestling, yeah, excellent cardio. You know what I mean? But it's just fucking annoying. It's like, hindered because it's, of the annoyance, yeah. right? Yeah, but. That's what like you gotta do nowadays to like push that's yourself. That's what sells, yeah. right? Yeah, and and that's what these guys are doing. You know, like they're all trying to copy Conor McGregor. Yeah, like Conor came in, he did it, he did it very well. Yeah, and he had the fight skill to back it up. You know, like before, like I didn't even really care for Conor. Not not so much care for him because I actually met and trained with him yeah. out here before he was Conor McGregor. Yeah, and he was actually a super cool dude. And you see it in his fights like after right when the fight is over you see how like he is a warrior yeah how respectful he is but he's just a genius when it comes to the mental warfare and because it has a click fight. back on right yeah he you get be a humble warrior then all of a sudden the cameras go on you're like oh shit, yeah. i gotta be that but dad. now you got that. all these guys trying to fucking copycat him yeah. and not doing a good job of it at all you know what i mean <laughs> and you see it firsthand yeah yeah you, you see it firsthand like to me, it's like, okay, like Kobe's thing, Kobe's spiel. Like, okay, I understand you do that. But then when you talk shit and then you see somebody face-to-face, -face, like, at the end of the day, you're a fighter. So yeah. you still, like, bro, if this guy, like, you offended him, like, fucking fight him. Yeah, exactly. Like, but Don't oh, talk all that shit and they're not doing it. But they'll hide behind the, oh, but we're not getting paid to do this. Like, yeah. who gives a shit? Like, you're a fucking fighter. Like, yeah. fucking fight. You know what I mean? And do you think that's a lot of me? That's, like, the easy way out, right? That's like the easy excuse to say, oh, we're not getting paid enough. But like, there's a, you don't want to get your ass whooped from this dude, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and, and you seen it with him like back, like years ago when him and um, Kamaru were backstage and Kamaru was like, yeah. oh, like I'm right here, motherfucker. Like what now? Bro, he wouldn't even look at him. Yeah. <laughs> but then they go out onto the stage and his mouth is yeah, now he's talking big. Exactly. And you know, especially being Hawaiian or Polynesian, when you see that, that's those those ones that's like, okay, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, now you faking for now you faking for everybody, but now when it's down to get, get down to it, you ain't doing it. Who's some of your favorite personalities in the sport right now? Because we're talking about personalities at this point. Oh, I tell you right now because I see him every day. Sean Strickland. <laughs> Sean, Sean Strickland. Strickland. Shout out Sean Strickland. <laughs> Man, dude, this guy like. He, he he is fucking hilarious. Yeah, like he just says what he's thinking. That's why a lot of people have without to, even thinking. Exactly, <laughs> a lot of people have to think about it. Like, should I say that? No, this fucker don't care. Yeah, he's saying no whatever, filter. no filter yeah. at all. But it's funny. Like I always tell him, like Sean, you're actually like like everybody thinks he's an asshole. Yeah, you know, which I guess depending who you are, you could find him as an asshole. Yeah, but like I'm like, dude, 
the things you're saying, there is truth behind it. You just fucking don't deliver it well. <laughs> you're saying like, it in the worst way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, even when he's trying to be motivational yeah. to somebody, he's like, oh, come on, stop being a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> you're being a fucking pussy. Like, like, yeah, I get what you're trying to do. Yeah, But exactly. not everybody can. It's not coming off the yeah, way, yeah. Not, not everybody can receive that that way and be like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah fuck, I'm acting like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's he's got to be my favorite yeah. uh, personality uh, in the fight game right now. But is that so, like, we're talking about, like, Sean, and we're talking about personalities in the game right now. But is that something that in this day and age you kind of got to have along with your fighting skill? You kind of got to have that personality too, right? Yeah, I think to so. Sell a so fight. if you want to if you want to approach it from, like, a business aspect, yeah. you really do because you have to be a personality, right? Yeah. Like, you can be a great fighter, but if you're, if like... A, if, if you're, you're a boring kinda, yeah, yeah, if you're kind of drab... They won't really push yeah. you. You know what I mean? But now if you're this great fighter, but you go out there and like you say the Sell things, it. Yeah. If yeah. you get if you get the crowd and the fans involved yeah. and people wanting to see this shit. That's the business. Yep. That yeah. it is. It is it's a business. At the yeah. end of the day, it's a business. It's like the NFL, right? Like you could you could have this guy and he he's been so great, but at the end of the day, it's a business. Yeah. So the second he stops producing, ship him off. You yeah. know what I mean? Like and at the end and it, and it sucks. Yeah, but it's a fucking business. Come on, at the you end of I mean? the day, right? That's all what you're gonna be told. It's a business at the end of the day, yep. right? Talking about older fights, like who that you fought already that you kind of like. Well, we talk about Israel Adesanya, we talk about Whitaker and Royal, but who out of all those have you seen grown into their own? Like Izzy was up there, but of course he took his loss. Have you seen kind of his growth? Do you guys kind of watch each other and kind of say, okay, I remember when I fought him, he didn't do this. Yeah, but yeah, now yeah. when I see him fight now, he kind of learned this. Yeah, yeah, no, no, hundred percent. Um, the thing about Israel that fucking that amazes me is like his breathing. Yeah. Like one of his fights didn't open his mouth once, <laughs> just breathing through his fucking nose. And I'm like, dude, that is impressive. You know what I mean? So yeah, hundred percent. You do watch stuff like that, yeah. but you, and you have to. You got to be a student of the game. Um, you gotta you gotta evolve with the game. That being said, though, I don't like. I'm not one of those guys that will like spend a whole bunch of time yeah. watching fucking film and this oh and yeah that. no exactly like if, I, you, if it's on it's on yeah yeah exactly um because i feel like some people they'll get like so caught up in like watching this watching yeah. this but hey if you're evolving you're not gonna be that same person yeah. you know what i mean um but yeah you, you definitely yeah you see these things and you gotta be like okay this is like new trick he learned yeah you know that type of shit because like fighters, you guys are always learning the game. Yeah. And you guys are always going through it through your career. Like, And we, we take it back to your upcoming fight with Bruno. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things you're taking in from your last fight into this fight? I mean, I mean like it's like in any fighter that you know, okay, I, I shouldn't do this because I can get away with this. What's your game plan for Bruno? Well, so in the last fight, my, the first round, I completely dominated that guy. Yeah. Drakus. I, I, you know, a great fighter, nothing against him. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, he beat me. He, yeah. he won that night. He was a better man. But uh, in round one, I completely dominated him. And I don't. I remember like walking back to the corner, in, in that in and at the end of round one before round two, and thinking to myself like, bro, this guy has nothing for me. Like I yeah. seen everything. I yeah. seen him on the feet. He tried to wrestle me. I shut that down. Tried to go on the ground. I shut yeah. that down. Like I just dominate him everywhere. And I was like, this guy has nothing for me. And then when I came on in a second round. Like, I, it's not something that I consciously did, but if you see me, I was way, like, in the first round, I was moving way more and being more yeah. more tactical and, like, you know, just playing my game. And in the second round, like, fuck, I don't know what it was, the fucking, like, 
the poly pride came on yeah. i was like bro <laughs> i just want to fucking bang yeah and and, it, and maybe that's something subconsciously because i told myself this guy has nothing for me yeah. it relaxed me a little bit and it made you get away from the game yeah plan. yeah 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 so you know like now with bruno it's just staying sharp yeah. bell to bell bell to bell gotta stay sharp regardless yeah. of how it goes in there like i cannot because that will show you like even if you fucking think something it, it might change something mentally yeah. you know what i mean so I, i'm focusing on bell to bell staying sharp bell to bell start to finish stay sharp and i know this guy cannot beat me and it, it, you said it, that poly pride it takes me back to it because when it takes you out of your game plan that poly pride in what i do for a living like you know doing shows and everything i'm like i'm, I'm untouchable yeah i can do whatever i want to do kind of go from there how do you kind of like steer that and kind of take control of that though uh got to be smart no yeah. you got to look at you got to learn from it's like you know it's it's like how we as a people you learn from history yeah. right whether it's old new whatever like i got to look at my my most recent fight and yeah. that, that's easy for me to be like look this is the reason why you know like so, something happened there in between those rounds um and again like not taking away from Drakus cuz he he did a great job yeah. but young too i was fucking dominating him you know what i mean in yeah. round one like i literally like this guy has put people out with weird ass punches <laughs> like short he just has yeah. that weird style and and i was like bro he must have like some weird freakish punching power right because i i watched his pre previous fights and he'll fucking hit guys with like a look like an arm punch like and, real quick. Like, yeah. <laughs> and i felt i fucking felt all like the shots like I, I i slipped and evaded a lot but then he did land a few and i was like bro like you know yeah. he has nothing for me so i gotta take that i gotta remember that keep that fresh and i do in training and i gotta think like i don't want that to happen again yeah. i don't want to get too fucking comfortable in there you know like too laxed exactly yeah, yeah like sometimes exactly sometimes too relaxed is not not a good thing like yeah. you don't ever want to fucking hype out and be like all nervous and whatnot but you also don't want to get so comfortable in there that you're not sharp you know yeah like, it, it's it's that fine line but when that when the lights are on and you know the adrenaline's pumping. I can see where people, where fighters, can get away from their game plan, and they want to get back to it. Do you ever watch old fights that you have like? I know everyone says, "Oh, I should have did this and that," but there's there's some other fights that you just watch. It's like if I would have did this, I'd be in that position. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. There is a lot. Even so, even even victories, even in victories, I think it's great to go back, uh, watch the tape, study, yeah. and learn from it because it's easy in a victory. To just be like, ah, oh, I won that fight. Yeah. But you still made mistakes. But you want to find the mistakes yeah, in that victory exactly. as well. Yeah. Because somebody else is going to be watching that and be like, oh, this is where we can capitalize. You That's know? crazy. So you got to erase that shit so yeah. that you cannot. Because you're always, everyone has film on everybody, right? Exactly. So you're always like, okay, these are his weaknesses. These are his strengths. And we get away from, like, you guys always got to be constantly changing your game plan. So you're not always the same fighter yep. past fight, right? Yep. So how do you kind of say, going into um, this fight with Bruno, like, okay, I have all the experience that I have. What my game plan that he's going to see that he can't see where I got to come where he can't see me coming? Well, again, I think it's just for me. Yeah. It's just fucking staying sharp bell to yeah. bell because regardless, like, and, and this is just my, my belief and what I know. Like, I know that if bell to bell, if I'm sharp and on my game, like how I should, like how I should have been in like, in that, like that yeah. last fight, how I was in that first round of that last fight. I know that this guy cannot touch me. Yeah. You know, like I'm faster than him. My my striking is better. My wrestling is there. So I just know I, I'm I'm the better fighter. Yeah. So as long as I go out and execute that, then there's nothing that he can do to me. 
Where do you get some of your motivation, some of your influence from? Like, where were some of the fighters that you pulled from into your career growing up? So when I was when I was younger, um, I love my my favorite two fighters growing up was uh, Vanderlei Silva, yeah, man. and Shogun Hua. I love watching Pride back then, yeah. you know, and then and just seeing how like vicious those guys they're vicious yeah you know like it, it was a different game back then um and again the sport has evolved a lot you know um and e even recently shogun just retired like yeah that was kind of sad for me i was like damn i used to freaking <laughs> love watching yeah. this guy in pride the grand prix um and locally i i think one of the guys that kind of like got me into it um besides like my coaches yeah. that had direct you know influence, influence yeah. on me i remember going and watching the first rumble on the rock in hilo that i went to uh my dad took me because we yeah. had i had rented like the first ufc from this video store yeah. called vision quest on vhs come on the U, the early yep. ufc's and, yeah yep and i and i was all into it i was like oh this is great and they were having fights rumble yeah. on the rocks and my dad was like oh you want to go i was like hell yeah so we went and I remember seeing Ross the Boss, even as Come on. his <laughs> his walkout, like his whole everything about him, like I feel like he's actually just seen that as as a young kid, yeah. like really like made me want to do it, yeah. yeah, because he would he walked out to the um, and he came out. And then fucking like once that like the beat hit, he like ran out, started shot like he shadow boxed real quick. Yep. And then he was fucking tapped. Like he was <laughs> fucking jacked. And I was like, bro, this guy is fucking cool. Come on, he was the dude. You he know? was the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he could fight. Like he was a banger. Like your typical fucking yeah. Hawaii boy. Like stand and bang. Like it's that mentality. All the bangers out there. You know? And I I was like, bro, that fucking guy is cool. Like, I want to be like that guy. <laughs> like, I always talk about, um, like, Ray Seffo and Mark Hunt was one oh, for me. Hell yeah. Like, shout out Ray Seffo. He's actually going to be on the show soon. But Ray Seffo and Mark Hunt, those fights back in those days was like, come on. Those were like watching your uncles go at it. Hell yeah. Bro, <laughs> this is a crazy thing for me. So, 2000, this would have been 2007, 2008, PlayStation 2 days. Yeah. Me <laughs> and one of my other best friends, Russell, we always used to play K, uh, played a K1 game. K1 game, yep. K1. And it was funny because our both of our favorite fighter was Ray Seffel. Come on, Sugar Ray. So, so we fucking would pick him. So yeah. the matches was always Ray, Ray Seffel versus Ray Seffel. <laughs> <laughs> and bro, we would just fucking keep bombing overhands yeah. on each other, bombing overhands. And then fucking a year, not even a year later, like I felt like months later. So we were playing that game right up until I left. <laughs> and then I came here. I was still playing that game. Yeah. And I walked in the gym one day. At that time, uh, we were at uh, Tap Out. I walked in the gym, and fucking Ray came walking oh, in. Shit. And I was like, like me, I'm not the type of person to get like starstruck yeah, or yeah. fanboy. Yep. But I was like, bro, that's fucking Come crazy. On. I was just playing him on a video game. <laughs> there he that's is. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then so he's he came in the gym, and then he's like, we we're sparring that day, and he's like, oh, he's gonna spar. And I was like, bro, you know what? Like, fucking like. Like the anxiety was there. Yeah. I was like, bro, this is Ray Seffo. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It would be a fucking honor to get Come knocked on. out from Ray Seffo. Race, one of them old man's yeah. old Samoa man strength. <laughs> bro, so I was fucking, I was like, okay. So I went with Ray and it was crazy. Ray is like one of the most fucking controlled, like yeah. he could knock out anybody at, like that. But he's the, like literally the most controlled person yeah. I've ever come across. Like he can pull a punch on, on the drop of a dime. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Like it can be there. Because he can knock your ass out if he wanted yeah. to, but he'll pull it real yeah. quick too. Yeah. So I sparred him, and bro, it was the coolest thing for me. Hold up, bro. You sparred Ray Sefo? Oh, I sparred Ray Sefo every week. Oh man. Ray is my coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So anyway, so we built a relationship. Well, I'm talking about the, the first. Well, I'm talking about tap out. That first oh, one yeah. had to be like, come oh on. yeah, yeah. Uh, like I was. You know what I mean? Like, I was that young, dumb, like, yeah. fuck, yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, like, now in, in training, because I'm older and, you know, there's, I feel like there's more on the line. Yeah. I got to be a little bit smarter with it. I kind of yeah. just train with whoever, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want to get fucking injured or cut or whatever yeah. and be out of a fight. But, uh, yeah, back then I was like, dude, Ray Seffo. <laughs> I always tell the story about Ray Seffo, like, my dad, you I mean you go up a poly household, you can get your ass whooped, right? Yep. So one time my dad beat up my brother, and then my, <laughs> my sister was like, "Oh man, did, did he get beat up?" I said, "He got Ray Seffo beat up." He was like, "What?" <laughs> so everybody knew what we was talking about because pops drops with them them Ray Seffo haymakers, but Ray Seffo was a legend in the game, man. And just to see him pay it forward and keep staying in the game, yep. coaching fighters like yourself. Yep. Come on, man, they're legends in this. Yeah, and and that's the great thing about him is like. I don't know. Maybe it's like his OCD or whatever. Like yeah. he, he could walk past a fucking cardio Tybo kickboxing class <laughs> with a guy who never trained a day in his life, and you can tell. And he's on that mat, and Ray will like take the time in his day and be like, "Hey, bro, Harry, you want to throw your yeah. jab like this, and then do always this. coaching." Yeah, yeah. He, he like I don't know. Like that's why I'm like why I say OCD is like yeah. I feel like something clicks in his brain. He's like, no. I got to fucking show this yeah. guy how to do it right. I know exactly what that is. It's like me going to somebody DJing and I hear, so oh, they could have did it th yep. this way. And it's like, it mean, like you said, it goes back to being OCD. But yep. Ray Seffel even has that old poly man look. Like if Ray look at you a certain way, yep. you're like, all right, my bad. My bad. Oh, no. That's a crazy thing. I, I always tell him. I'm like, because you, you can get into some stories with him when he yeah, comes there. Yeah, absolutely. But, dude, like. He'll tell me some stories. I'm like, bro, how the fuck did you not accidentally <laughs> kill somebody? Man. Like. Like, it's one thing to hit somebody when they're expecting it, but, like, not, and not, like, a false crack or anything. Yeah. But just, like, somebody who doesn't really know what you're capable of. What their strength is. Yeah. Yeah. Because Ray is a big dude, but he's not all that tall. Like, I feel like if somebody's seen you, they'll yeah. be a little bit more like, oh, fuck, this is a fucking yeah, exactly. big dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you just have that physical yeah. prowess that is, like... You don't have like you that alone will get you out of a lot of oh, shit. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, but when you have that race, Seffo kind of like that's meaner. Why, yeah, that's why yeah. I always feel bad for like little dudes. Like, even yeah. though they can fight, they're always getting fucking tested because they're little. <laughs> always. Yeah. yeah. But like, Ray, I'm like, dude, you get into guys like I get into fucking, I've like, or gotten into street fights and yeah. fucking put guys out. And luckily, knock on wood, luckily I never killed anybody on accident. Come on. I'm like, how the fuck? Did you not do it? Yeah. Jeez. Because I could just see Ray Seffo in a street fight. Oh, he would be arrested for murder. Oh, 100%. Because him knocking somebody out with what, whatever he hit Mark Hunt with, just watching them go at it, hit each other. I'm like, Bro, this is like a wild. crime watching that. Like, that also, that always be the clip that I'll forever remember of them two just oh, that's teeing the, off on each other. That is the greatest K-1 fight yeah. of all time. <laughs> Before we get up out of here, what are your goals for the rest of your UFC career and after fighting? Um, you know, like that, that's, uh, obviously like I still fucking, I very well believe in, in my, in my skills, in yeah. my talent, in myself. Um, I've trained with some of the best of these guys and I know that I can do it. Um, get to the top, get that gold. Yeah. And it's just a matter of fucking li like lining up, like getting everything going in order. Yep. You know, sometimes it comes down to that, but, uh, yeah, obviously fucking always I want to be chasing that gold. Yeah. Um, and then after fighting, you know, like I guess we'll figure it out when we get there. But 
Um, I don't know. I, I I thought about it a little bit, but not a whole bunch exactly. Yeah. But I know what I want my life to look like after fighting. You yeah. know, like I still the one thing that fighting has given me um, that I love the most is the the freedom um, in my day to day schedule. Yeah. Like it's hard for me to make uh, plans like oh like plan a trip next yeah, exactly. year exactly because hey I might be fighting might be training you know? yeah exactly so we don't know that but on the day to day like it gives me so much time to spend with my kids yeah. and, and my girl and and I, I love that so I hope whatever it is next after fighting yeah. that I'm still afforded that same type of schedule you know you still got a lot of fights in you B oh 100% you still got a lot of fights in you I didn't, I didn't mean to put you in your retirement already <laughs> but I'm saying there's a lot of fights in you but going with that when you are traveling what's your favorite place to travel to not Hawaii though oh Hawaii. <laughs> not Hawaii though, Hawaii. Okay. Not Hawaii though, Hawaii. I, I don't know. I it's funny, like I'm not like much of a traveler. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll tell you some of the my favorite places I've been. Uh Japan. Yeah. I, I love fought Japan. out there in Japan. Yeah. I fucking love Japan. Best ramen ever in the world. Oh, they got some of the best food. Yeah. Period. You know? yeah. Even at the local liquor store. Bro, they even the at the seven <laughs> eleven. Yeah, exactly. Their seven elevens are fire. <laughs> Um, and then the other place we went in uh, 2018, like yeah. my girl is more of a traveler and, and she likes it and she's she's good at doing it, I yeah. guess you could say, coming up with like itineraries and what we're going to do. Yeah. But we went to Ireland and dude, Man. Ireland was beautiful. I, I got to put that on the list. Yeah, Ireland, Ireland was beautiful. Be on the list. Ireland was beautiful. The only downside to Ireland and the whole UK, sorry, UK, but their food sucks. Yeah, I was about to say. I love you guys' breakfast, though. I love the Good breakfast. Good breakfast, but the rest of it, Full shit. English breakfast, yeah. I could eat that every day. <laughs> Everything else, meh. Trade, let's go to music now, because you have a love for music. Yep. What's bumping in the headphones at the gym? It's usually, honestly, it's usually either on like 2000s rap yeah. or like older than that old school, like some pop. Come on, you know? that good rap. Yeah. That like, good rap. Let me not go. That good rap. Yeah, NWA, <laughs> like some some like older school yeah. stuff. And, and I bump a little bit more of the new stuff here and there, but it, it, it plays out fast for me. Yeah. Like, I'll, like old stuff, I can listen to all the time. Like every yeah. day I can listen to it. The newer stuff, I'll listen to it. And then after I've done that to it a few times, Man. I'm like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> what are some shows that you'll pay money to go see? Adele. Concerts. Adele. Adele. Yep. Have you seen that one yet? Not yet. Yeah. I, I keep seeing clips of it on social media, but it looks like it's a hard ticket to get. Yes. Like bro. I've seen Usher and I've seen Bruno Mars, but Adele looks like it's the one. Yeah. That, I don't know. Like I just love like that old school. Like I wish I would have yeah. been able to go to a, a Whitney concert. Yeah. You know, like that type of concert. I'm actually. Come on, Bray. He said the Whitney concert. I'm, I'm excited to see fucking Mariah Carey at Lovers Woo! and Friends. Come you on. Know, like I just like that. Yeah. That, that ballads and. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Adele fan, and she has a residency here. But yeah. bro, tickets is like one k a piece. Tickets they wanted to want my youngest born. They wanted them, and yeah. you can have them. But yeah, it's a lot of money for yeah. the tickets. So I, I'm just waiting. Like I know at some point she got to do a stadium show at at uh, Allegiant. Yeah. So whenever she does, fucking, I'll be right there. Got I'm glad you brought tickets. up Allegiant because as you guys know. On social media, me, Fiji, and the rest of the Raider Nation are always going at it. Brad is an avid Raider Nation. So we got to talk about some of these moves that are going on. Yeah. What happened to Waller? You guys got Jimmy G. What are your thoughts on the state of the Raiders right now? Uh, Jimmy G, so... He's not that I, bad, guys. Well, I never I, I, I never really been a fan of him. Yeah. Um, and then when we got him, I was like, fucking ruined my day. <laughs> just because I knew they were going to do some shit like that. But... If he can stay healthy, yeah. he actually ain't a bad quarterback. Yeah. You know, like 
like and hey maybe he f fucking puts it all together he's healthy this whole season yeah. leads us to the promised land me personally, as a Niner fan was like Jimmy G was the perfect pickup for for the Raiders and then all the Raider fans that I know that are friends of mine was like nah you know fuck Jimmy yeah. fuck. like bro if he's healthy if he's healthy yeah if he's healthy he's good but and then, then I started seeing all these other moves no all the other moves yeah. is fucking head scratchers to me like yeah. okay we got rid of fucking Stidham like okay so if Jimmy G inevitably gets hurt yeah. <laughs> which he will then who the fuck <laughs> is gonna back him up you know what I mean Stidham was great yeah Stidham was great. then you then you get rid of his safety valve in Darren Waller and I'm like, what's going on there? Then they have this whole thing about Josh McDaniels wasn't invited to the wedding, and that's yeah. why he got bitter about that. It's just, you know, I, I've been a Raider hater since Oakland days. Yeah. And I always, but I, people say you hate the Raiders because you follow what they're doing, which is good because it's always a good rival. Yeah. I'm a diehard Niner fan, but I always see what the Raiders are doing as well. Yeah. And we just made a, a, a signing today, Clinton Farrell. From Clemson that never panned out. No. And now we got him. Yep. So it's kind of like a wash. You guys get Jimmy. We get Cleveland. And we don't know what he's going to do. Bro, I, I don't know what. I, it, I feel like they're going to end up trading yeah. fucking Renfro too. Like that's going <sighs> to piss me off too. Yeah. Um. There are every like a few people is like, oh, we got Jacoby Myers. Yeah. You know, he's just he's great. It's not like fuck. We didn't need that though. Yeah. We had Devonte like, already. Oh, we fucking need. Yeah. We have Devonte. We had Devonte Waller and fucking Renfro, and we have Jacobs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the offense is fucking fine. Like, yeah, soon we need that future QB. Yes. Yeah. That do we necessarily need that this year? No. Like, we need we need fucking help on defense. Yeah. Max Crosby needs fucking help. Come on, help Max out, bro. They fucking fumbled the bag on Jalen. Yeah. He went to fucking Miami for nothing. A for nothing. Fucking yeah. third rounder and all. Never heard of guy. Jalen Ramsey. Bro. Come on. So Darius Slade just got released. Yeah. I hope that. I hope the Niners after. get him too. Niners or Raiders are the ones that are gonna be him. But what made you a Raider fan? Did you grow up a Raider fan? Grew up a Raider yeah. fan. And then uh just so happens I'm out here and then they, they came here Come like on. fucking it all worked out. It all fell in your favor yeah, at that time. I, I've grew up a Raiders fan, diehard Raiders fan. Um and, and you know, as you know, it's yeah. it's it's been a it's been a rough. Oh, trust life. me, I know, because Fiji and all them know. When once I post the yeah. crying Jordan meme face, they always they, they unfollow me for a day or two. Then they're like, you know what, bro, it always goes back and forth. The funniest thing is this: so like growing up in in Hawaii, you don't um, like division rivals, whatever. Yeah. But like for like the Niners thing, right? That's more of a a Bay Area rivalry, yeah. right? Yeah. So you don't really feel that growing up in Hawaii. It wasn't until I moved out here. And then I met a lot of people from the Bay. Yeah. Then <laughs> and I told you about that rivalry. Well, yeah. no, like then you start like because they, they'll talk shit. The yeah. Niner, the Niner fans in Hawaii don't give a shit. Yeah. Niner fans and Raider fans in Hawaii, they get along. Yeah, there's yeah. no rivalry there. <laughs> yeah, none. But when you come to the mainland and then you, you have Bay yeah. Area, the Bay Area rivalry, then you 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 have the guys that are actually Man, from the I'm Bay. I'm telling you that that rivalry shit. went where. Me and my brothers, when the Raiders would come to Candlestick Park, yep. when Raider fans would go in the porter potties, we'd push them over. That's how much of a rivalry yeah. it was. They'd come out with shit all over themselves, like, oh, well, you know, you should go use that bathroom over there. But that's because it was the Oakland, San Francisco. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And it's like almost like Bloods and Crips. No, like, yeah, that's it's a how, fucking yeah. real yeah. rivalry. Yeah. So it wasn't until I came out here that I started like fucking hating the Niners. I yeah. was like, oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> like, and then it was funny when the, when the Raiders left the Bay, it like kind of died down a little yeah. bit. And then I started like not. Hating them as much, I guess. <laughs> like, I still kind of root for them, but I don't fucking hate them like how I hate the Chiefs. I'll <laughs> see the Chiefs. Raider, I can understand that because that's an AFC West yep. and do that. But, you know, Chiefs is just Patrick Mahomes and his brother just pissed me off to no end. But that's neither here nor there. Before we get up out of here, top five poly artists that you listen to. 
top five poly artists that I listen to. Yeah. Uh, fuck. I'm gonna have to go with uh with an old. I don't know. I can't even put them in order. But one of them, one of the ones that I always listen yeah. to, I I have from when I was a kid that I fucking love, and I still listen to them today. And I personally know them too. And it was funny because I used to listen to them before I personally knew them. Was Kolel. Oh yeah, come yeah. on, come on, Uncle Ira Kikolo. Yeah, uh, you know, like I paddled for him, and you know, I ended up like we went. I went to school with yeah. his nephews and legendary. Stuff and, yeah, so like I'm real close with that family. Um, another old school one that I love listening to, and I always revert back to Kalapana. Come on, um, these are like the Hawaiian classics. These are legends right here from yeah. Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> of course Fiji. Yeah, I shout love out Fiji. brother Fiji, man. Yeah, I, I love listening to Fiji, man. He's to me, he's always been one of the yeah. best and he's and he's still like to this day exactly yeah to this day to still this doing day. his thing um i'm gonna go with another old school brother walter yeah come on brother walter. Man, wow he's freaking like you know like he, he's getting up there in age and yeah and i think they're like saying like he's probably maybe done performing yeah. already um but just his body of work yeah i mean come on that's brother walter right there and wait is this only hoy or no no okay yeah any of them and any. I love Jay Boog, man. Yeah, yeah, and shout out Boogie, man. No, he for him like it's a it, it takes me back because of this. So when he first was coming on the scene, I think he was already popular out, out uh, in California yeah. already, um, and people knew who he was. We hadn't fucking really heard him back in Hawaii. This yeah. was before he was on. Uh, the radio yeah. stations in Hawaii, yeah. social media wasn't what it was back exactly. then. Exactly, they're like, slowly starting to yeah, hear about it. This is like yeah. 2008, yeah. 2007, 2008-ish. And I remember, uh, I don't know who brought it. Maybe it was um, Nico, um, Nico Vitale, yeah, or yeah. Brandon Wolf maybe, maybe got it from somebody. Anyway, fucking back in the burnt CD days, <laughs> somebody came in there like, bro, you got to listen to this guy. Yeah. And so we put it on in the gym and... Played his and um, what was that first album? The Hear Me Roar album. You hear Me yeah. Roar. It was that album. With Love Season on, and all the classics. On a yeah. burnt disc. And we had no clue who this guy was. Yeah. And I mean, we knew he was a poly dude. We thought he was from Hawaii, honestly. Yeah. And we had that on repeat at practice. And bro, I fucking love that album. Yeah. Anytime Classic. I hear, yeah, anytime I hear songs from that, come on. Oh, yeah. I, I fucking like it just takes me back to that time. Yeah. And that was a great, like, time in my life so he's one of them that i love listening to come on man that's that's family right there too Yep, that's family brad tavares fight coming up april 22nd ufc 222 fight night against bruno silva do your thing man thank you represent for all of us because we all root for you brother thank you thank you uh, thank thing. you guys for having me you know yeah. it's been a pleasure to be here i love just fucking coming out and talking stories come on man that's I what it's it. all about so thank you for having me come on man western conference podcast your boy big body cisco brad tavares dos caras tequila we here baby we'll see you on the next one peace